Oh, we turned that part off. We're recording now. You. Why? <laughs> Why? Third time's the charm. Here Third... we go. Here we go. But they don't know that. Well, now they do. We've had some technical difficulties trying to record this bad boy, but we are doing this for a third time. Thank you to my gorgeous, beautiful girlfriend, Jennifer, for helping us out. Yeah, thanks, Jen. She's walking away right now as we speak. Very, very distraught because we had a lot of issues trying to get this thing up and running and not distorted and completely accurate and smooth sounding recordings. Okay, another shout out I want to make is to Michael Perrin for making my sweet intro music. I think it's pretty cool. What I really think? like it. What do you think, Iman? I actually really enjoyed it. I, you played it for me the other day, and I actually, um, I think he did a really good job on it. I think it, so, too. We've known Michael for a long time. We went to high school with him, like how I went to high school with Iman. And he is my roommate. Hi, I'm here. Your roommate. Yeah, he's here, my roommate. So I kind of um, drug him into the living room so we could just talk on microphones for about an hour. Yeah, and then you're going to go put me into the gym and make me work out for another hour. Yeah, I'm just stealing all the time of his day on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Oh, yes. Beautiful day today. But enough about what I did to you. Tell me about you. What a segue. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah, just for the audience. Like, who, who's, who's the Iman Poor? The Iman Poor or me Iman Poor? The yes. me. Yes. yes. Okay, so... Um, hi everybody, my name is Iman Poor. I am Joshua Jensen's roommate. Um, we've known each other since high school. Um, I grew up in a middle class Middle Eastern family. They moved here from Iran back in the uh, late 70s. And the biggest thing that I really took away from that is that they just worked their butts off to maintain you know, life here for us. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a first generation immigrant, like a lot of people just from a different background. Um, was blessed to go to private schools my whole life and have a great education and um, ended up working for a local university here in, in human resources. See Berkeley, what, 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 go, what Bears. go Bears. So I'm an Aggie, but I guess. Yeah, well, okay, whatever, it's fine. We don't have to go into the football stuff and us winning and beating you. And... Uh, that's okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, that's a little bit about me and um, 24 years old, you know, single male. Male, single. <laughs> long, long walks on the beach yes i do i do actually like long long walks on the beach yeah that's kind of nice yeah i know the sunset and the cool breeze and yeah i enjoy it yeah no that's always a fun time yeah. so why did your parents end up immigrating from iran to the united states i think that's very important to like it kind of plays into who you are yeah um i guess the biggest thing was during that time there was a civil re revolution going on in the country um, a lot of civil unrest just from the past monarch basically abusing his money and his power. Um, and that led to a coup that led to a new civil war happening and then ha a new, um, I, be I guess, leader put into place. But he was more of a religious leader, which is kind of why now it's the Islamic Republic of Iran. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that was the full name. Yeah. Or oh, Iran, the Islamic Republic, because before it was Persia. Yeah, that was the the name of the country, and um, then I believe in the sixties or seventies they changed it to Iran. I'm not exactly sure on the date, oh, wow. but I yeah, pretty recently they changed the the name of the country to Iran. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, the gist of why they left. They left in a frenzy. I can go into details about what happened, but the biggest thing was they got out, you know, with the skin of their teeth. You know, shit it, went down. Shit went and down. They were like, nah, and then they came over here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They wanted to leave the country anyway because they wanted to have a family in a different part of the world. Um, they didn't really necessarily pick the U.S., but they were like, America has a great opportunity, so why not go there? Hmm. Okay. And um, they got onto a one-way ticket. They got one-way ticket. They went to Italy, and then from Italy, they went to America. They stopped on like one other space. I think it was Spain, I believe, but um, they went straight to America and stopped in Boston. That was their first home. In America, three hundred dollars to their name. Uh, didn't barely really knew English. Fun fact: in other countries like Iran, you you know how we in America and especially in the Bay Area, we get to choose what language we get to learn, like French or English or Spanish. Excuse yeah, me. Right. Or, right. Okay. Yeah. Over there, it's English, Chinese, or French, because those are the dominant languages of the world. Oh, you mean the secondary like language yeah. to learn? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
So they chose English, so they actually knew a little bit of English, but not enough to like uh, get by. Yeah, it's kind of like us learning Spanish. Like we know uh, some, but not enough to like go to a Spanish-speaking country and like actually sp speak fluently. Yeah, yeah and, uh -huh. and live. So um, imagine that yeah, they they lived crazy. in Boston for a bit, and yeah, and they made their way out to the good old California. Good old California. My mom hated the cold, and my dad's like, well. I'm married to you, so I can't just leave you I, in California. I gotta go with you. <laughs> gotta go with you. Uh, fun fact, again, my father, who um, was actually taking college credits at the time, went to the, the dean of the school that he was at. I don't know which one in Boston in particular, but shout out to him, whoever he is. Yeah, because if, if he's it, alive. Yeah, if he's alive or here. But <laughs> um, my dad was halfway done with the year, but kind of explained the story to the guy. He's like, well, you're halfway done. We'll just say you pass the classes. Go be with your wife. So... That's super cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Like, it's always nice when you meet those people who kind of just, like, nudge you along and help you out. Yeah. Even though, like, you kind of don't really know them. Yeah. It's just like, wow, you were just so nice. A crazy thing was they were actually kind of okay living in Boston for a bit. But since my mom hated the cold, she left. But um, before they even came to America, my dad had a dream in Iran. And he was standing on the the hill overlooking the golden gate bridge oh really yeah wow he was like yeah that's, i could live here and that's kind of where you guys ended up or yeah. where your parents ended that's up. where that's why we're kind of here in the bay area and that's um really fun fact because my dad's not really religious in that sense he believes in god but he's not like per se like what we believe or christianity or whatever so that was a really really cool thing he he was like if it wasn't for that dream, I don't think we would have came to America at all. They, wow, they might really? have stayed in Italy. So that, like that one instance really just changed what their plans were. Yeah. My mom wanted to go to the U.S., but more of like maybe live there for a bit, move out, move around, go to Canada or whatever. Whatever kind of float, float, float their boat because they had family in America, but they had some family in Canada too. So there was oh, they kind, kind of just picking which one. Yeah. Well, then they moved over here and popped you guys out. Popped us you, out. You and your sister. Well, they, they had a good 20, 25 years of just them doing their thing. That's kind of, that's so crazy to me because your parents are like older, right? Yeah. So my mom and dad, I won't say specifics, but they're in the 60s range. Okay. So they, they had me quite a little, little bit yeah, later, later in life for yeah. sure. Um, But that was just due to financial situations and them kind of getting settled you come to a country with $300 with your name, not knowing any kind of English. Like you, it takes, it takes a while to like build up. From yeah. That. I think I really, I didn't learn this until later on in life for sure. Probably even recently in my own 24 years of, of existence, but um, what it takes to have hard work. Cause my dad told me stories when he got here into the Bay area, he had three different jobs. He had a postal route. He worked at the gas station and something else, but um he slept on the bar train from one job to the next. That was his sleeping time. The grind. The grind. The grind. For, for sure. about five years, that was what was his life. And they wanted their kids to not have that struggle. And I think that's amazing. I, I, I'm so grateful that they did that. I'm so thankful that that they went through that just so that we can have a better life. Because my sister and I, we were spoiled. Spoiled oh, yeah. rotten. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, if, if you talk to them, they're like, yeah, we pretty much gave you everything you wanted. And that, that came at the cost of, like, my dad working 16-hour days at a car dealership. You know, the day I was born is when his car dealership opened. So I didn't really see him for most of my life because he was at work. So I always, not, not to discredit or to take away from what he did and the hard work he did, to um, kind of maintain the family but i didn't see him you know i saw him maybe at night or maybe in the morning early early morning like as he's leaving yeah it comes at a cost i mean like if you have that whole immigrant mentality of coming from nothing you almost never want to go there and like my parents are the same way like not that they came from a different country but they were poor here you know i'm my dad's white my mom's mexican and in the bay area like there are some poor places and that's kind of where they grew up and that's where they kind of got their mentality of hard work too. Not now my parents were fortunate enough, not having to work 16 hour days, but still they had to like really work, work their ass off and bust their ass to raise me and my brother with that comfort level that you had, right. You and your sister had. Right. Um, but I think that's something that like was instilled in me too at a young age of 
you need to work hard and bust your ass to like achieve whatever you want to achieve right right and unfortunately at least for me i didn't see that when i was younger mm -hmm. i really saw it was like oh i'm privileged i can get whatever i want and that was a, a mentality that i kind of went into high school and college with and that's why i didn't really do so well not that i didn't do well like i did pretty average like 3.5 gpa you know decent student did the best i could but i could i looking back i could have done better and i think that's a big lesson for the kids today and Maybe people who went through that same thing that I did, you know. Do, do you think that's more of a maturity thing or do you think that's more of like you actually being that influence from your parents? Or do you think it's like a mix of both? I think it is a maturity thing to a degree because maturity comes at you taking ownership of your decisions. You know what I mean? So when, when you, I, for me, when I felt like I grew up is when I took ownership of every single thing I did. And if I was wrong, I was wrong. If if it wasn't my fault, I still took ownership of it. Because regardless, um, if I had a part in it, then it was partially my fault. Mm -hmm. And that brought a lot of humility to me. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect or that I have the answer or anything. Or um, I found out the way that everyone needs to live. But for me personally, that was the best way that I, I needed to live. I needed to find that, that middle ground of taking ownership of what I needed. But also um, being, being flexible and you know, understanding other people's complexity of life because everyone has a different view and different way that they live in this world. And I think that's amazing that we live in a country that we can have these varying opinions and not really be, you know, we can be judged on social media, we can be judged in person or whatever, but nothing to the degree that I've heard about in Iran. Especially coming from your parents who like kind of firsthand lived through something that was that was so polar opposite to what we experience here in the United States. Yeah. And the, that polar opposite experience kind of led them to raise, raise us in a way like education is number one. And I agree. Education is number one. Um, but living here for the time that I have lived and kind of doing what I'm doing now, like I didn't graduate college, but I'm probably making more money than most people who did graduate college. And, and that's, that is a very valuable thing to, to hear, right? I mean, we briefly touched how Iman went, like, is working at UC Berkeley as an HR um, analyst, right? Yeah, HR resource specialist. Resource, yeah. Um, but he's doing very well for himself without going to college. And I think that's very valuable for people to hear in general because at least in the Bay Area, at least where we grew up, it is college is like so heavily valued. And it, it, it almost comes to a point where if you are not going to college, well, what then what are you going to do? And that is just where we grew up. We're not talking about anywhere else. Maybe in K Kentucky, that's a little bit different. But in California, there is some kind of like underlying expectation to go because the track goes like this. You get out of high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you get a good job. Those four things are like kind of standard for almost everyone I know. Yeah. And it's it's such a narrow way to view life or to view the journey of life. Right. So I think it's valuable for just people to hear that. Yeah. And like going off of what you said, um, that that's kind of the course of life everyone believes is like the path to success in America. And I believe that there is so much more than just where you work. You know what I mean? Like everyone talks about this work-life balance. And I believe if you have to balance work and life, then there's a problem because work is not life. It's the counter to life. And I, I, I totally get it. You have to have something to survive. So find a good job that pays you well. Oh, for sure. hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Like, you don't want to be, no, no, no food stamps. Don't yeah, want to be living. Like, and, and I understand people are in positions where it's hard for yeah. them to get a job. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. But I feel like there is so much opportunity out there. You just have to be willing to stick your neck out and take a tomato to the face. Oh, if, yeah. if that, if that's a good analogy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, life is hard and life does require work if they wouldn't call it working if it was if it wasn't like if it was fun they call it funning it's called work for a reason yeah right like i'm not saying you should have a terrible relationship with work you shouldn't dread going to work every single day of your life but i mean for some some people who aren't like one percenters or something like you will need to work that's just right it is what it is um and with 
having that fact, you need to find something that at least is bearable to you. Right. Because no matter if you love something or not, eventually you're going to fall out of love with it if right. it becomes your job. Right. Um, with me, hard work in my family has always kind of just been a constant thing. My parents, you know, they're blue collar workers. My dad's a construction worker. My mom works in construction. She's not a construction worker. Um, but since a young age, I was always taught to work hard. Right. And, and, you know, it bled over to sports, to school. I always wanted to be the best that I could possibly be. Not necessarily caring what anyone else is doing, but I always wanted to be the best that I could. Um, and that was really tested once I was getting out of high school. Because when I was a senior in high school, my parents said, hey, you got to go and pay for your own college, right? Get my first job, senior high school, work throughout senior high school. College comes around. I start, end up working one job and that one job became two jobs and that two job became three jobs so i was working three jobs going to my junior, local junior college to save up as much money as i can for the time i transferred and in doing so that was hard that was hard work i had to balance studying and getting good grades so i could transfer and working as much as i can to save as much as i can so i wouldn't be in much debt thankfully by the time i transferred to uc davis I saved up enough money where I didn't have to take out any loans because I worked my ass off to get there. Now, did, did things come out of sacrifice? Of course. Like, I didn't have the opportunity to go to as many college things. You know, the concerts, the, the, the parties, the drinking. Like, there were moments of that, but most of my time in college was spent kind of busting my ass <laughs> to, to do that. And I was really proud of myself that I was able to put myself through. And like I said, that's hard to do. Like, I honestly can't think of anyone else who's done that. And it's very, 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 very difficult. Now, I was still living at home, still living with my parents, so they helped me out there. But like, it, man, there was some, it was, there were some dark times in there where <laughs> I was like, man, I just wanna go out and freaking go to a concert or go to a party. Like, yeah. I, I wanted to do that so bad, but I mean, you know, I always had it in my mind, like, well, is that concert going to, like, be worth $1,000 worth right. of debt? And I think, in my perspective, do you feel like you, you had a leg up because you had to go through that adversity when you're really young, when a lot of people, even including myself, had college paid for them, you know? Like, do you feel like you had a leg up because you, you had to take ownership of your your life at that point, you know? Yeah, I think it was it was it was very interesting for me to go to UC Davis and see the broad spectrum of people, right? Because at the junior college, you're kind of just in a conglomerate of people that you already have seen and known because they're all in the Bay Area. Everyone's kind of, at least in the Bay Area, everyone's relatively similar, I'd say. But going to a big university afterwards, like I got to see a wide variety of people, and there was a lot of times I was at UC Davis where I was just like, man, you just have no perspective, you know, like your college or this or that is all getting paid for. And you really just don't see how the world really is like this one girl. All right. Want a couple dates with this one girl. Ooh. And she didn't know the difference between a debit card and a credit card. Yikes what yeah her dad made five million dollars a year i remember this five million dollars i roll up in my red truck to take her out on a date she hop in we're you know having a, a grand old time and then i go down the street to the valero gas station and she says what are you doing and i'm like i'm getting gas <laughs> and then she was like well why are you going here and i said well it's a gas station and she's like well i only fill up at chevron and i was like okay cool i'm i'm filling up here <laughs> so i get out the car and she's like you know this only takes a debit i was like yeah 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 no i know and she's like do you have a debit card and i was like yeah mm -hmm. she's like oh okay so i fill up the, the truck and i get back in and she's like i don't know the difference between a debit card and a credit card and i and now you guys can't see this because you guys are on a podcast but i gave her a look like oh honey Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll 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 teach you the difference. Like pull out your the two cards that you have. She had two chase cards. 
and chase cards, they're blue and they look exactly the same. But in the bottom right hand corner, it says debit or credit. So I proceeded to pull out both the cards and I lay them both in my hand and I say, hey, you know how that one says debit? <laughs> That's a debit card. That means it comes straight from your checking account into their checking account. A credit card means that you're taking credit on the purchase you are trying to make and you're gonna have to pay the credit card company to pay them back. She's like, oh man, you know, I never knew the difference because my dad just pays for everything. And I was just like, what wow. the heck? That it was, it was, it was mind boggling to me. It was just so foreign to me to like meet people like that. I met a couple people like that at Davis. And I was like, man, how are you going to go through life? Because I mean, like, not that like knowing the difference between a credit card and debit card is going to like, if you don't know that difference, like you're not going to be successful or <laughs> right, anything. Right. But it's like you're, you're 20, 21 years old. You should at least know something, something. like that. Or at least be inquisitive enough to ask like, oh, what's the difference? Yeah. But I, I probably would have ended up in that situation if my parents made just a little bit more money. You know, there was a degree of like we were pretty, pretty mid class, mid class, maybe mid tier, higher class, more or less, depending on who you ask. But, you know, we we were well off. We did. We did pretty well for ourselves. And that led to that spoiled mentality. And um, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion and our opinion, because, you know, we're jackasses. So we just kind of. Yeah, we don't know shit. We don't know shit. Come on. So. Um, in my opinion, I think you should definitely make enough money to take care of your family in the best way possible. But if you take the value out of ha- having that money, like what it took to have that money, that I, I don't like your children don't know the difference between having like $10 million and $5 million or maybe $5 million and $100,000. Oh, man. This, this So when I met Iman back in high school, right, this is this is precisely what this reminds me of. When I met Iman back in oh, high no. school, he would just, I remember, like, he would just bring money and food to school. Like, he didn't even carry around books. Like, he had a food bag, right? Yeah. And anytime, like, anyone, like, it wasn't even like, I would say, your friends. Like, literally, anyone was like, Hey, Iman, can I have some chips? He's like, oh, yeah, here you go. Hey, Iman, can you loan me some money? Oh, yeah, here you go. And it kind of, I think it plays right into what you were saying, where if you don't learn the value of, like, what you have, yeah. you kind of don't value it at all. Yeah. No, I was a tool, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, man, it's okay. Yeah, I learned. I learned. learned. I learned. But I now understand, like, the value of money because I have to work for every dollar that I have. Yeah. You know, and... Um, I totally understand where her perspective, like you grew up where money wasn't an issue. So you got to go on vacations whenever you want, you got whatever you wanted. But I think there's a certain level where I think the, the analogy that really comes to mind when we talk about that whole thing is um, the analogy about the teacher teaching their class um, privilege. And you have kids in the front of the class and then kids in the middle of the class and the kids at the back of the class. And they were bringing a privilege and, you know, she was asking the students, like, well, do you know what privilege is? Like, do you know who has more privilege in this class than someone else? And they're looking around like, no, not really, because they're like fourth, fifth grade. They don't really know. So she puts a trash can at the front of the classroom and she tells everybody to wad up some paper. And then the front of the class, first the front of the class throw their paper into the front. So they did. In the middle of the class and in the back of the class. More often than not, the front of the class was able to make it into the trash can way more than the men in the back of the class. Yeah, you're closer. <laughs> yeah. And that's a really great analogy in teaching people that, hey, you know, other people are more privileged than you. And you have to be aware of your privilege so that you can actually, I guess, affect society in a better way. Yeah. And I totally agree. Yeah. But, and there's a big but in that. I don't believe that you should have a mentality that since you're in the back of the class, you can never be in the front. Exactly. And I really like that metaphor too, because sometimes if you're in the back of the class, that doesn't mean the bucket is gone. And I think a lot of people try to equate that to how life is. They're like, oh, well, if you start at the bottom, then you can't even make it to wherever you need to make it. Right. Right. Because in this metaphor if you're in the back of the class sometimes you have to just stand up and walk to the bucket yeah to throw the thing in the bucket like and what that walking is is just hard work yeah 
sometimes you need to put in hard work depending on your circumstances to achieve the same thing yeah it doesn't mean it's impossible it just means it hard it's hard and everyone has their own paths to go down to get to the end goal they need to get to right and i think understanding that yeah you might be in the back of the class but let's say you put an eraser in the middle of your piece of paper that makes it heavier right that makes it easier to throw if it's easier to throw that means you have a higher chance of making it into the back bucket let's say someone in the front throws it and they don't make it and you in the back throws and you make it yeah you know that was that one chance where you were able to make it yeah and i'm not saying that there isn't an there isn't an equality issue happening today's society but i also believe that in a first world country everyone has the opportunity to be successful and could that's coming from someone whose family left the country because the the notion of even wanting to be educated and having you know a high paying job if it was at the disadvantage of the government meant that you could throw your paper but someone the, the, the trash can is blocked you're not you're not gonna make you're it you're never gonna make it you're never gonna make it like it's rigged from the beginning yeah and i think that's where perspective really matters right because you could there's for every person on this planet there's a different way to view the situation pretty much and if you're in a situation where you're let's say you're so far in the back of the class right you're so far back that you can't even see the bucket but the bucket's there and you think that that bucket doesn't exist odds are you're probably not going to try for it right but if you have someone even a couple rows ahead of you saying like hey you can do it this way here's how you can do it and you, then you start seeing that bucket then you could find a path to get there right? right and i think that's where a lot of people try to talk about equality into making the bucket closer for everyone instead of like using what you have to help others achieve the same bucket right because like we're not all living in this world where we're just like each living our own experience we bump into each other right and if you have a goal to get somewhere talk to someone who has achieved that goal talk to someone who is on their way to that goal you're not going to find out anything if you just sit there and not talk to anyone or go online and Google it or go. Yeah. Like do your research. Yeah. Because if you really want to do something bad enough, you're going to find a way to get there. Right. And you always like, I'm not saying like one perspective is better than the other, but in terms of like reaching what you want to do, that's the perspective you have to yeah. have. I hundred percent believe that is accurate. I understand. Um, someone's, you know, it's so hard to get to the front when someone is already in front and that's when you feel like this inequality. But I think when you, if you take that mindset and you don't feel like that, oh my God, this is so unfair, but instead be like, okay, I have to work harder. I have to try better. I have to try harder, excuse me. I have to you know, find different ways to, to move myself ahead. And lo and behold, if you have someone who has been there they and they're willing to help you, follow that person. Yeah, it's very simple. It's very easy. <laughs> and that's what people don't understand. They think, oh, my God, I'm going to go to school. Not, not, not the bash school or education because, you know, education is literally the foundation of what our society is going to be, 100%. And, you know, the teachers that, you know, teach today are underpaid. I totally agree. And they should definitely get paid more. And they are the ones teaching our future kids and our kids if you have kids. But I think the notion that if you go to school, get a great education and get a good job and then find out that that wasn't what you want to do in the first place or now you're capped at a specific area and you're just stuck. And you're like, what am I going to do now? I, I practice everything I need to do to get to this point or I did everything I need to do to get to this point. And now I feel like there's no vertical momentum anymore yeah. i'm kind of stuck mm -hmm. and that's the biggest issue in my head that people don't understand like if you really want success find what will give you that result and just go for it mm -hmm. and whatever success that is if you want more time with your family find something find a job that has enough better has great hours or start your own business or do something that will allow you to do that and i find that a lot of people in today's society don't actually try 
No, because I think we're they're expected to just have things given to them in whatever way that is, right? But if you look at any successful person, it, the, no one is successful unless you're born into like a successful situation. No one is born successful. And what I mean by that is if you look at any pro athlete, let's say LeBron James, right? He is a genetic freak. He's like, what is he, like six, four, five, yeah. nine, whatever. He's hella tall. He's buff as hell, and he runs really fast. He's very athletic, and guess what? He's probably genetically predispositioned to be, like, one of the best basketball player ever. Right. right? But what goes along with that is hard work because, like, there's some people who could potentially have all that potential to be that freak of a, of a basketball player. Right. But they don't work hard to maintain that or to enhance that so they are the best then they're never going to get there. What about Allen Iverson? Wasn't he kind of like the shorter one in the NBA during his time? Right. And he just had amazing handles. That's why he was able to progress so far in the NBA. Yeah, and that's that's like another example of like Allen Iverson's bucket was potentially farther away than LeBron James' bucket, right? LeBron yeah. James, genetic freak. He's already top of the class dunking this trash can into that bucket. Allen Iverson's kind of short. I mean, for a basketball player, yeah, you know, he had to develop different things and work hard in other places for him to get to the same result. Yeah. Like, and that's where I think people get so one tracked in their way of thinking of like, there's only one way to get somewhere. No, there's about a hundred ways to get somewhere. You mm -hmm. just have to find the way that's best for you. Yeah. And the biggest thing that I learned for myself is not to let other people's opinions really drag down what I need to do for my own life. And that comes even at the cost of my, my family's opinion about me. And, you know, in the beginning when I wanted to move out and kind of drop out of school and kind of do my own thing, they were very against that. They were like, what are you doing? You're going to ruin your life. And like, you know, you have to work hard your whole life. Like, yeah, I think I should have been doing that when I was a lot younger. I, I understand like they sacrificed a lot to come to this country and they believe education is like top tier because again, in their country, it wasn't really... You know, hand, it, it was taken away from them. So I believe, yes, I, I went, to, went to school and got an amazing education. And I can now be a, you know, individual in society that can actually give back to today's society. Mm -hmm. And I find, or I found out actually a lot as I'm growing up still and developing myself that if I really want to make an impact in my society, at the end of the day, I need to have more time and more money. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And the unfortunate thing is that that whole idea of that, like, education is, you know, this, it makes you achieve this end goal, like you get closer to the trash can, right? We keep talking about this trash can. But um, the problem with that is that we're create we create a society or a generation that is risk, like, that doesn't like taking risks, right? Yeah. And when you make it a society like that, you're making a lot of people potentially who would be less happy because i mean like starting a business that's risky like is it easier to go find a desk job absolutely that is like if you want to just like live a stable healthy life desk jobs like any kind of like just you know anything you could do that's not like you're not putting your own financial um stability stability at risk, at risk. exactly like though it's a very safe option but with doing that some people might not want to do that, but they've kind of just been told their entire life, like, do the safe thing. Right. Do the safe thing. Do the safe thing. Right. And then by the time, like, you know, they find out that that's not what they want to do, they have no idea or have never even thought about doing something they want to pursue. Yeah. Because they were always told it was too risky. Yeah. I've, I started doing Instacart per, uh, recently, and that was because I needed more money because I want to have more time to do more things. I've been going out and about and talking to different people as I'm shopping and doing whatever, like other shoppers or other people or cashiers or whatever. You won't believe how many people I've talked to during these COVID times that were corporate executives, worked in the food industry, worked in like high, high level real estate. Literally the market went away or they got, they got laid off or something happened and now they're working at Lucky or they're doing Instacart full time. And they have told me either A, 
this is I need to do this to get by. There's nothing else I can do. And they're just like, why did I choose what I was doing? I didn't know this was going to happen to me. And they're kind of regretting their decision. Or B, I've talked to some people who are like, this is actually great because I never really was happy doing what I was doing. Now I have a choice to go do something different. And there's there was a lady I was talking to um, where she was like, yeah, I'm actually, I just applied to culinary school. I always wanted to be a chef. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, that's awesome. But she used to work in a corporate office, mm-hmm. like in San Francisco. And she was like, I got laid off and, you know, I had enough money saved up where I kind of just moved. And um, now I'm working here just to kind of, you know, go by. But I'm thinking about going to culinary school and starting that up because mm-hmm. I love food. I love cooking. That was my, my passion. I think that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? For this sure. This whole season of life is really a lot of people unfortunately you know passed away and it's a really hard time for people but um i think looking at the brighter side with the, with a cup half full i'm seeing a lot more people seeing that that the cup is half full that what can i do now like mm-hmm. well what's the next step to do and i'm going to say in our personal generation like what was it the millennials i no, think we're, we're on the, the cusp we're the last year of millennial yeah we're the last year of millennial um that all of us, a lot of us are very opinionated and very spoiled, like like I am. Yeah, and it's that's a, it's just a very unfortunate. Our our life has been easy. Yeah, I mean the generation that we've lived, we have not really experienced anything that has been very traumatic. And people, yeah, might say like, oh well, nine eleven. Well, two thousand one, we were what. Uh, six six yeah seven don't really remember that yeah 2008 like we were older some people might remember it but some might not you know yeah. like it it, it that's kind of like a mixed bag like if you were a young adult in that time sure do you remember that 100 percent. yeah we you know but other than that like we didn't really have major wars i would say yeah we had like these weird tussles in the middle east yeah like, for oil and yeah kind of strange it's like not like not like a Vietnam or like yeah. a World War One, World War Two, like, like during Bush's administration, and yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't have any of that. So without having any of that struggle, like it kind of allows people to just not really have the perspective of hardship. What, yeah, hardship exactly, and it's kind of unfortunate that we've taken that for granted. Yeah. And for me personally, I've seen that a lot in today's society, especially on social media and during this whole political race. And we won't go into politics, but um, just specifically around that mentality of it's their fault. They're the reason that we're, we're in this financial crisis. They're the reason that this COVID thing is happening and we're... Everything's there. Everything's, everything's their there. fault. And I, I, can, I can relate to that because that was me. That was... I blamed other people because I didn't want, I grew up thinking that I, why, why would anything happen bad happen to me? Like I'm a great person. You know, why, why should I try when, you know, everything's going to be handed to me? And I also, there was some faith in there. We're like, Oh, you know, God's going to provide everything for me. But <laughs> as I found out later in life that, yeah, you, he, he might be there. The universe might help you in some way, or you might get lucky or you, you whatever, but you have to work hard for that. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is luck is, I hate the word luck. I understand that a lot of people do get lucky. You know, if you win the lottery, damn, you're lucky. Good for you. But I believe everyone has the opportunity for having luck. It's, I, all, it's all opportunity. I mean, every everything that's lucky is opportunity, right? Yeah. Like, if you win the lottery, yeah. damn, you lucky. Yeah. Like, guess what? Lucky. Like, you... <laughs> You needed the opportunity or someone to be like, hey, man, you should go buy a lottery ticket. And you're yeah. like, you know what? I should. I should. You know, when you're a little kid and someone's like, hey, do you want some drugs? You could either say yes and make a bad choice yeah. or no and make a good choice. Yeah, and you but got lucky. And it's opportunity. Yeah. Right? It's all opportunities and seeing like where you you want your life to go. Yeah. And sometimes you are you have opportunities that seem good. And end up being bad, right? Because unfortunately, we all can't we can't see into the future. I wish, enough, dude, dude. I wish if I could see in the future. Holy shit! Holy shit! That'd be wild. That'd be awesome. I mean, but then there would be no, you wouldn't have seen any growth in yourself because you're like, oh, I know what happens. Yeah, it's always kind of like I, I when I think about stuff like that, I think of like if we were to live forever like vampires. 
would we be motivated to do anything? Probably not. Because, like, I'd, I don't know. I'd think, like, man, you know, I'd get to it. Eventually. 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 Like, I'll do it. I live forever. Like, and, and that's for someone who lives forever. Why is it that our generation thinks like that in their 20s? I know. I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. I'll, you know, find a job eventually. I'll go back to school eventually. I will, you know. Open that restaurant eventually. Eventually. I'll open that gym eventually. I'll apply to that job eventually. Like, no, no, there's no eventually. Yeah. Like, Unfortunately, we don't live forever. I, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I didn't know this. <laughs> we, we're, we're not this vampires here, okay? So you, you really got to like pursue what you want to pursue before time's out. You know? Yeah. And that really just goes back to this notion of stop blaming other people. Like I had to stop blaming my parents for the circumstances that I was in. I had to stop blaming my mom for, make, for making me feel like I was great. You know, at some point, yeah, it's, it's a really weird thing to have. It's a very first world problem. Like, oh, my God, so much encouragement that I felt like I could get anything I wanted. <laughs> I've been so encouraged that I'm terrible. Yeah, what the <laughs> heck? But I think it's, again, I'm not blaming them, but I wanted, I wish I saw more of them working hard and just showing, up, showing me and my sister what hard work is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that... I believe is what everybody needs to see. It's everyone needs to see hard people working harder in their life. Yeah. Like you, you yeah. had two amazing parents who worked their butts off and you got to see them every day. And they taught you not only that, but values tied to those. Yeah. And okay. that's what a lot of people are missing. And you know, don't get me wrong. I, there are people out there who didn't have a stable home, who didn't have parents who, you know, or, or guardians who raised them that showed them those values. But if, if you can gain anything from this from us, you know, two, two jackasses, jackasses. <laughs> living in the Bay Area and not, you know, doing the best that we can, like, you can do what you set out to do. Yeah. Like, put your mind to it. Put a date on the wall. I'm going to get this done by this date and work every single day to get to that goal. Yeah. And I think in today's society, in today's social enigma like i am completely off of social media dude i don't know if you know this yeah i'm completely yeah. off social media i am not on facebook instagram twitter snapchat tinder you know none of that yeah because yeah. i just see i understand being connected to your family and being connected to your friends but yeah. i also saw more negative than positive you yeah know? for sure i think there's sure. flex of positivity thrown in on that and then just a wave of negativity yeah yeah no it's it's true before we start getting into like the social media aspect, I mean, just going back to um, like if you could get anything from this podcast, right? I think like we should try to find a roadmap into how if someone like is in the back of the class, like how do we how, how do you get started? Right. Well, I think the first thing that everyone has to do is accept the situation you're in. That doesn't mean accept and be compliant in the situation you're in but you need to accept the circumstances that you're in. Because if you accept and you're compliant, then you're just gonna be like, ah, I live in the ghetto, I am not gonna move from the ghetto, so I'm just gonna continue to live in the ghetto, right? But if you accept that you live in the ghetto, but you're not compliant with that, then you could have drive to move on, right? So it's like, I accept that I live here, but I don't wanna live here, so I need to move forward, right? And have a goal. Always have a goal in mind. So after you accept your situation, like, well, first, find a goal. Second, accept your situation. Third, let's make a roadmap. Make a roadmap to get there. Talk to people. Talk to people who's done the same exact thing you're in. Because guaranteed, there's people out there who are. If you're living in the ghetto or something like that, someone has gotten out of it. Someone. Somewhere. Sure, you might have to connect with them through whatever means necessary maybe like your friend is a friend of a friend or a cousin or whatever it is find them have them help you like be a mentor not like literally hold your hand the entire way but be like hey this is how i did it this is what i recommend right and kind of just gradually make your way through that way to achieve your goal accept the situation you're in don't be compliant it's going to help you. I, I promise. I promise it'll help. I promise. <laughs> I like that. that. That's really, no, that's spot on, honestly. And really finding someone who's in that position that you want to be in and just glean from them. What are the steps that you took to get to that position? Like what, what should I do to get there? Yeah. You know, and 
you know, just follow what they did. And I think a lot of people don't want to do that because they want their own way to get to success or their own vision or their own identity. Or um, I think we all are unique, but we should all kind of follow a pre not pre, pre predetermined path. But if that predetermined path gets you to the goal you want, then why would you not? Why would you not? Why would you not? Yeah. I think it just comes like for me, I wanted to go into engineering. Like I took a bunch of engineering courses just to get into that whole um, world of engineering to save people from cancer and i think that was a great ideal but me looking at the roadmap and me kind of talking to people in that in that position um for me it wasn't that i didn't want to pursue helping people i think i was stuck in a in a place where i wanted to help people and my parents said this is these are the roadmaps that you can take to help people and I was like, okay, I guess I'll do engineering. Yeah, what can I do with engineering yeah, to help people? There's a roadmap there. It's already laid out for me. Yeah, let yeah. me just do that. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But um, as an adult, and I think everybody should think about this for themselves, you have to find your own path. You can follow the path that's laid out for you, but if you find your own path, that's so much more empowering. For sure. Yeah, you'll feel great because it's like when you start reflecting back on the good times, the bad times, like you're going to be like, wow, like everything I've done has literally led me up to where I am today. And, you know, you, you won't have any regrets if you pursue the goal you want to do. Right. Personally, I will never be in the NBA. I have accepted that fact. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you just have to know what your strengths and weaknesses are and go from there. Right. For sure. And just know that there are certain things that you can build upon. There are certain skills you can learn, you know? Like, I don't know HR. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. wasn't qualified for that, really. No, yeah. But I gained the skills I needed to actually pursue that career option. And over time, I am now probably one of the, the people that um, is relied on more, as far as, as far as I believe. And that doesn't come at the... It comes at a cost of, like, just working your tail off. You know, working to get that pretty much squared away so you don't have to worry about it down the road and for me if i if i didn't change my mindset to that i probably would never have taken the risk to actually start working there and then i would never have moved out yeah you know mm -hmm. i probably would still be working at um my grocery store job going to school part-time trader jose's trader jose <laughs> trader joe's trader joe's <laughs> um just stuck Mm -hmm. probably would have definitely moved up in there become a store manager and probably moved up from that but would have been stuck in that whole thing because they you know paid me pretty well and i was good at it yeah but that that life wasn't the life i wanted to live for the rest of my life no you know yeah. and i i think everybody just gets stuck in that and when you get stuck this is what i found out and i think that kind of relates to what's going on today if you get stuck you start blaming other people for being stuck instead of like, shit, like I'm stuck in my, this position. I don't like being here. I need to find something different. I'm just going to risk it and go for it. And going back to the social media thing, I think social media enhances the feeling of being stuck. Yeah. Because you yourself, I mean, odds are, I mean, unless you're in a very um, difficult situation, you're not stuck. Right. right? Because, you know, odds are you're just not. I'm not going to go into it. But if you look at social media, all of the ideas being spread and everything like that, they're telling you you're stuck. Right. Like, and even if you're not, they're like, oh, you're stuck. You're stuck. You're stuck. Yeah. And then you're it's reading It's like, that. it's okay to be stuck. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You'll get through. Yeah. It's like, what? Yes, I'm stuck in quicksand. Yes, it's okay being here. I would love to stay here longer. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, or I, I get it, but... Just imagine like you're not stuck in quicksand. Everyone's like, hey, man, you're stuck in quicksand. It's like, is this quicksand invisible? What's like, where, Where's the quicksand? Where's it at? <laughs> right? And it, it just goes back to this whole idea of why would you tell yourself you're stuck when you're literally in a first world country where you can pretty much do whatever. And that goes directly ties into this idea of being opinionated on these social media platforms and people have these this agenda not agenda per se but they 
I've heard my friends talk about this all the time, and you, you and I talk yeah, about it. You're as well, not on like, social media, so, yeah. Like, like, but no, that the, the, the internet in general is just like it's very divisive. It's it's you're one or the other. Yeah, all the time. It's very it's that subjective, objective, like black and white. Like either you're this or you're this, and then your feelings are on the spectrum where you you can feel whatever the heck you want, which I think you should, but. It, it allows people to feel like I'm this and that or this and that. I feel this way or that way. And then the, the situation is this or this. Yeah. When the situation can be varied and your feelings should be kind of more rock solid, in my opinion. Yeah. And when you, when you do that, you're, you're, you kind of have more flexibility in your life. Mm-hmm. You can be like, okay, I'm sad, but this situation is like this. And I need to feel this way to go this way. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. And, and I think what social media is birthing right now is a very confusing thing for people who are kind of tended to be more people pleasy yeah and what i mean by that is like in in twitter let's say like it's a very common thing for it's a common theme for people to just to be as open as you can so you should accept this idea you should also accept this idea you should also accept this idea i'm not saying what the ideas are i'm just using generic examples right but you as an individual, you could look at all those ideas and be like, okay, well, I accept that one, but I don't really accept the next two. And then if you share that idea on social media, then you're bashed for it. You yeah. are, you, you can't eat, you, like you are just shunned pretty much. Right? I have a good example. Okay. So yeah. let's say that I love chocolate chip cookies. Okay. And you love oatmeal, oatmeal raisin, which I don't know if you do or not. Oh God, that's the worst one, but sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. Go. But okay. <laughs> let's flip it. I like, I like oatmeal raisin. You like chocolate chip. Okay. I'm bad. Hey Josh, I love oatmeal raisin. I think personally chocolate chips are a little offensive to cookies. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that I don't, you know, that that's on you, man. Like, I, I don't know about you, but my cookies healthier is better for you. Less sugar, more natural um, grains. So just letting you know, I have a be- the better cookie. And then I'll just be like, uh, okay, I guess. I mean, yours offends my eye holes, but it's okay. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like, it's okay. It's okay to disagree. But I don't think people are okay with disagreement, right? Yeah. So like, if you're that person, right, who is being told you need to be open. You need to you need to like chocolate chip cookies. You need to do that, right? And you're being told that and then you don't truly feel that way. It makes you you have such an internal conflict. Yeah. You're like, "Oh, you know, people are telling me I have to do this, but I don't really feel that way. But if I say anything, then they're going to hate me." Yeah. So I'm just going to say that I agree yeah. with them. And then you keep doing that over and over and over again. Then you start believing all the things that you thought that, okay, that doesn't really make sense, but I get it and I just want to be accepted. Or I get it because, oh, yeah, this, these, the people who like chocolate chips are being like put down. And like the oatmeal raisins are kind of being too forward. So <laughs> like we have to make sure that the chocolate chips feel like they're still individuals and that you're still okay to like chocolate chips. It's fine. And I, I believe that you're more right than these oatmeal raisin fools over here. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, and it just, it just sucks that people are getting put in that situation where they're going to feel this like dread, yeah. you know, like when you're not being your true authentic self, I think that just, does terrible things for like your your mental like, oh, 100%. status you know what i mean yeah. like if you're not being yourself then you're going to be sad and then you're going to continue to go on social media and then you're still going to be sad yeah and that's coming from someone who uses social media yeah like i know i i tend to just not really i, I let things kind of just yeah wash over me but some people don't right some people like take everything they see online like boom fact boom fact yeah when that's that's really not the case. Oh, I was talking to this guy, and he was like, "Oh, I'm getting into stocks." I'm like, oh, cool! Like, is someone helping you do that? Like, is someone who's like, who's probably good at doing stocks? And he's a cashier at a grocery store nearby us. He's like, "Oh no, I, I look. I watched it on TikTok. It looked pretty easy." I was like, "Oh, oh. very cool." TikTok becomes tech textbooks, huh? Nice. Text talks. So TikTok <laughs> is going to replace someone who actually has like, do you have someone helping you on TikTok? And like, no, I just watched like a couple of TikToks. And I'm going to start doing it tonight. 
good for you. Okay. I, <laughs> I say good for people that, okay, yeah, go for it. He's not going to be successful. Yeah, I, it's... In my opinion. Su- yeah, you can't super simplify things. And I feel like the internet just super simplifies everything. Like, yeah. You look on Twitter, right? And then Twitter limits you at whatever, however many characters. Yeah. So someone puts like a blurb, like a little sentence, like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. And then everyone's like, he said, hey, how's it going? Did he actually mean, hey, how's it going? Or hey, how's it going? Or hey, how is it going? Like, you know, there's... He's just saying, hey. He's just saying, hey. Yeah. Right? Like, you you don't get what people are actually talking about yeah. in these platforms. There's social media. I, you guys can't see this, but I'm, I'm doing air quotes. Social media. <laughs> but it's not very social. Right. You're missing the whole interaction part yeah it's easy to hide hide behind your phone when you're texting or it's easy to grab the microphone of the world and start speaking into it and be like this is my opinion yeah because someone's gonna listen yeah but you know you know you know what i think about i think about the people like in the bay area we have a lot of homeless people right and not only homeless people but just people who hold up cardboard signs but they look like they're homeless right right and they'll be like the world is coming to an end armageddon's this and that right we'll be on the freeway or well freeway we'll we'll be driving down the street we see that we're like oh man that guy's crazy yeah right and we'll keep driving but on twitter for some reason someone can say the world is coming to an end and about like twenty thousand other idiots are just like yeah yes the world is ending saying this yeah it's it so it's you a, have to be cognizant of that when you're on social media. It's for a sure. great way to approve of your biases. Yeah, it's a 100% appro- like approval of your biases. And that's why I, I personally, for me, getting off of that and just allowing myself to have more freedom of thought and having more conversation and dialogue with people who might not think the same way that I think has a, allowed me and you to personally just branch out in our thoughts like i could be wrong in this thing or that thing because i thought this for so long and you're like actually no i believe it's more like this and i'm like oh well, i i remember it like this and we can have a dialogue about it and i'm gonna tell a little story i won't say who or what the situation was but i'm gonna give the the blunt of the story is it okay to like tom brady as an athlete and then dislike that he's a republican yes because being an athlete and being a Republican are two very different things. Yes, yes. And just because I like chocolate, chocolate, or I like oatmeal raisin, you like chocolate chip, but we both like working out, <laughs> we can both appreciate each other. Yes, yes. Because I'm that, like, your calves are nice. I don't like that you like chocolate chip, but that's all right. That's okay. Yeah, and, and I think people have kind of lost that. Like, it's okay. I talk to people I don't agree with all the time because yeah. I'm kind of crazy, I guess. But, like, challenge yourself. Go talk to people you don't agree with. Go talk to someone you wouldn't normally talk to. Because sometimes, actually, most of the time, you'll learn something. Yeah. And if you learn something like, man, that guy's crazy, then you learn that. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. Or maybe he'll say something. He or she will say something that will get you thinking a little bit more about a topic or whatever you guys are talking about. Right. Because you never know what you're going to hear from someone. And like you said, it's okay. You could appreciate certain parts of someone and then not appreciate other parts of them. Right. I think that's just part of being a person in today's society. Yeah. I think that's just part of when you say you're open-minded and accepting of everybody, that's what you should kind of be accepting of. Like, okay, I accept that, you know, you have something I don't like. That's fine. But we have common values. We have common outlook, like perspectives on life. We have common like outlooks of where we want to go. Yeah. Okay. If you believe this and I believe this, whatever. Yeah. I, I think what true openness is, is like you need to accept the individual for who they are and not for the individual you want them to be. And I think people have tried to conflate that into thinking that, oh, they're not who I want them to be. Therefore, they're not open. And therefore, I don't like them. Yeah. It's like, no, you just, you're not open. You're not yeah. accepting. Because if you're truly accepting, yeah, you would accept everyone yeah. for who they are. Amen. And granted, this is a very general way of speaking and a very simple way of speaking about something this vast. Yes. But honestly, 
when you simplify it, it makes so much more sense than when you complicate it. Yeah, let's yeah, like keep it keep it to the ideas of things. Don't think about specifics too much. Just think about like the idea of it because that idea will transcend all the you know specific details when those details yeah. arise. And that's kind of the reason why we started this podcast. Yeah. You wanted to take philosophy, which is a very grand topic and simplify it so that people can digest it and understand. Exactly. And that's the whole goal here. Yeah. Um, we're actually approaching an hour right now. So I think it was a great place to end. All right. I think it was a good conversation. It was good. Yeah. I like you know, it. Find a roadmap, guys. Go talk to people who are hard to talk to. Yeah. Come back next week on Jackass Philosophy. We will see you later. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Jackass Philosophy. Um, I don't really have any other social media at the moment, but it's in the works. Yes. But I hope to see you guys next week. All right. Adios, guys. See you.